Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Our company, ProFunds Mortgages, has assisted real estate investors in achieving wealth for over two decades. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to share some of our key strategies in real estate with you. Right here on 30 Minutes to Wealth. We're here with our guest, Scott McGilvery. Scott, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. So you're the go-to, Canada's go-to for all things real estate. You're a licensed contractor, investor, educator, and TV host. How did you get started in real estate? I, I kind of got started by accident, was the, is the truth, because I never, you know, growing up, that was not my goal. I wasn't planning on getting into real estate. I don't come from a family of real estate investors. And when I went to university, I was taking a Bachelor of Commerce degrees degree. And um, what, I, what I realized as a business student is that, well, I was broke. So it was kind of ironic. I'm like, I'm going to school to learn about business, but I have no money. I am like surviving on student loans. And, you know, in Canada, the cost of going to school is actually not even as expensive as the cost of living. And that's so true. Housing prices, like rental prices, were so high when I was going to university. It was ridiculous. I mean, that's what everyone was was struggling with, was paying the rent. Mm -hmm. And so in third year, my roommates and I got a little frustrated and uh, we were talking to each other about the situation. And we had the world's worst landlord who is probably listening right now. <laughs> You've had one of those before. <laughs> yes. yes. And, um, and this landlord did something a little unconventional. He, he actually like basically gave us a piece of paper when we moved in, scribbled down a bank account number and said, put the money in this bank account on the first of every month. That was it. No lease, no postdated checks. That's nothing. terrible. So it was random. It was just weird. And, you know, when you're 20 years old, you just sort of do what you're told. Yeah, but you don't really know any better, right? Yeah. How am I supposed to know any better? And um, when I went to, when we would go down to the bank, put the money in my landlord's bank account. And one time when I deposited the money in the account, the teller printed off a statement of the account for me, just sort of assuming it was my account. And so I saw this little printout with a whole bunch of transactions yeah. from my landlord's bank account, right? Well, that's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. And, uh, but what was most interesting is that we were paying $2,500 a month and we could see the mortgage payment was only about $1,500 a month. Mm -hmm. So we knew right away that not only were we covering this guy's expenses, he was making money. Mm -hmm. And that was frustrating because I mean, I'm okay with paying rent if you're getting the quality and what you've been promised mm -hmm. as a tenant. But when you have a landlord who's completely absent, has done no fixes, basically, you know, doesn't show up when you move in mm -hmm. and gives you this place in horrible condition. And that was a bit of a motivator for me. I said, you know, if this guy can be so lousy at this and make money. Wow. You were meant to see that bank statement. I was <laughs> meant to see today. that bank statement. Unbelievable. I should have kept it. So yeah. <laughs> that's what really drove me to think maybe, you know, getting into real estate investing. And, and I started to talk to, um, I started to talk to real estate agents. I talked to a mortgage broker and I started to, you know, basically investigate what's it going to take to buy a property and rent it out to other people because there's obviously a better way. And it, it turns out that at the time I could have purchased a property and rented out the other rooms to my friends and I would make money living there. Wow. And I was so determined 
so determined. I'm like, this is what I need to do. I need to get a property because if I don't, I am going to run out of money. I'm going to run out of a student loan. So did you actually buy a student rental? I did. It wasn't a student rental when I bought it. The first property that I bought was a basically someone's primary residence, like a single family home. And um, the sellers were had the house on the market for a while. And I had gone back and forth because I tried to buy it. Like I was interested, but then I couldn't get financing. Like who's Was this when you were still in university? Yeah, or? I was like 20, 20 years old, probably maybe 21 at this time. The first person I talked to said, look, it's not we're not gonna be able to get you a mortgage. Um, and so I gave up, which was really, you know, uh, a, a weird thing. I was like, okay, I guess I'll give up on this. Uh, silly, like look back on it now. It's like the first person I talked to said no. And then I gave mm. up, which yeah. is, I, I mean, a lot of people do this in life. So it's well, and today and, and, and today's market, the banks have changed so much. Their lending criteria, so many people are declined. Mm-hmm. So they should know never give up because there's always a way, even if you have to go with private money, right? There's always a way. And, you know, anytime somebody tells you how you can't do something, Find somebody who tells you how you can do something, right? Because you think it's hard to get financing now. It was hard to get financing when I was 20 years old. The only way I ended up buying a house, which I don't even know, you know, if this is legit or not, but I did it. Um, I used my student loan as a down payment. And at the time, you would get your student loan installment, like eight, nine thousand dollars right? Just come in one lump sum and you were supposed to use it for your tuition. But I was paying my tuition with my part-time job Uh and I was using my student loan to pay my rent. I think that's fine. So yeah, well, (laughs) that's what I was told at the time too. But you know what? It's about math. It really is. And and it, you know, using $7,500 of my student loan as a down payment on the house where I'll never pay rent again Mm -hmm. was better than paying $500 a month because 15 months of rent is $7,500. I was like, this is ridiculous. I can own a house and get paid to live there Perfect. or I can pay rent and I'll have nothing to show for it. And I managed to find a, a broker who sat down with me and helped me through the process. And I was able to get just get a, a mortgage on that first property. Best wow. thing I ever did. Good for you. Yes. And then it just snowballed from there or... Well, snowballed is a weird word. It was an uphill battle at first. I mean, real estate investing, it's not easy, but once you figure out the formula, it does get simple because it's a, it's a you process. You know what works. Yeah, yeah. The first property I had for a year and, you know, I had tenants and I learned a lot of things. I learned some good lessons, some hard lessons. Um, but I, I really, you know, I think something that happens uh, when people get into their first property, whether it's their primary residence, whether it's a piece of uh, real estate, as an investment opportunity, what you realize in Canada is that we have not been trained, we have not been taught, we have not been prepared for the largest financial decision we will ever make in our lives. Agreed. And it's ridiculous. It and is I was, ridiculous. I was frustrated because I was a Bachelor of Commerce graduate. Yeah. And I knew nothing about a mortgage or owning a home. I know it's crazy to think that they don't teach these things, practical things you need to know in your life, but instead you learn the most complex little, you know, scientific formulas and those types of or things that you're never even going to use in geography, your life. Geography, right? certain provinces. I mean, it's important to know these things, but don't you think we should know? How do you open a bank account? Listen, what is a mortgage? Have a credit card. It, I, I'll tell you right now. You can 
I know Pythagorean's theorem. You can give me two angles of this triangle and I can tell you the length of all the sides. Exactly. And I had to study that and I had to learn that and it hasn't made me a dollar. <laughs> no kidding. But nobody taught me what a mortgage was and, you know, I was frustrated by this and today I'm still frustrated because I realize, you know, we're, you know, school and education is important and it's there to teach you how to be a specialist or a technician or a worker, really. It's not there to teach you how to be wealthy. You don't go to school to learn a lot about money. Um, you learn math, but it's the application of that and learning about real estate and understanding financing and calculating rents and cash flow oh, and cash, cash flow. On cash. Even. These things were, yeah. these things I had to do on my own. So it's not like I bought one property and then bam, I made a lot of money. I bought a property. I figured things out. I learned how to refinance. I bought two more. I had to, you know, I made some moves that cost me a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at one point I probably, lost, I don't know, $400,000 in real estate, mm -hmm. but I made it all back and then some. And so there's struggles along Absolutely. the way. Absolutely. Been there. I understand. And it's crazy, <laughs> but it, you know, I bought one and I, I realized that buy and hold is a really powerful tool. I also did a lot of flipping as well, which I realized is a good way to create quick cash in real estate. And, you know, by the age of 25, I had 25 properties. And that was when it became serious. Like this was... Whoa. How many properties did you just 25 say? at the age of 25. Wow. That was my goal. That's I, intense. And it was intense. People mm -hmm. say to me, I went, you know, I went to my financial institution and they told me I can't get a mortgage. So I don't understand how to invest in real estate. Yeah. And I say, have you tried the 12 other 12 other options that you yeah. have? And they're like, what 12 options? Yeah. And, and I, it just surprises me that... You know, people aren't more diligent when it comes to protecting their financial uh, future. Or they get scared off by, you know, a little bit of a higher interest rate. But it's yeah. like, look at what you're closing yourself off to by not, um, you know, leveraging. It's the big picture. They yeah. don't see it. There's a couple things that continue to affect the market. And the number one killer of everything phenomenal in the real estate market is government regulation mm -hmm. and government interference, I should say. Yeah. And so that's, that's something that you're always going to have to dodge as an investor. Yeah. Now we want to talk a little bit about your new show. So we all know um, Income Property, which was a large success. And now you've launched another show called Buyer's Bootcamp. So yes. tell us a little bit about this show and the vision behind it. Well, this show is super exciting because uh, this is an opportunity for me to work with struggling investors all across North America, really. We filmed, you know, in Canada and the United States. And it's kind of like Shark Tank meets HGTV in a bit of a way. I meet people all the time who are interested in investing in real estate. So this is really a show for people who are taking that first step. They're either purchasing or about to purchase. They reach out to me and say, I need your help. And I look at the opportunity and make sure that I can help them. Some of them need help financially, right? Like right. they can't get a mortgage. I'll finance it. They can't afford the renovation. I'll finance that. Or they don't have a team. I'll bring the team. If they find the right property and I think there's a way for us to make money, I'll propose a JV, a joint venture agreement. I'll basically propose a split like I'll come in 50-50, for instance. Um, and then I tell them what I'm willing to bring to the table. So in some cases, I'll bring the money. So don't worry about financing. Don't worry about the cost of renovation. But I need you guys to work for the next 60 days straight on this house. Wow. Right? So um, so this is a this show, is it... 
a real investment property that you're going from start to finish? It's all the real deal. Like these are wow. people who have reached out to us and we they've made it through casting. So casting always looks at location and timing and even personalities a little bit, right? So yeah, I get to meet them and I don't pick everybody. Yeah. You know, sometimes on the show, it's like, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. Um, and other times it's like, you know what? I love this and here's, here's my proposal. And uh, unlike some of the other shows that are similar, this is a show where we actually follow through, we execute the deal. <laughs> and hopefully by the end, by the time the show airs, we have the full exit strategy. And have, have, have they made money? Yes and no. Most of them have made money. One of them broke even, which was lousy. That always sucks when yeah. you work hard on something yeah. and you're like, yay, we got our money out of it. And then there's two of them that are undetermined so far because I just finished one of them on Friday and I finished the other one next week. So we have like the show's going to air and we're still finishing episodes. Wow, that's but, exciting. Uh, but it was, you know what? It's, it's good because these people are struggling. They need, they need sort of like an olive branch, let's say. What a blessing for them. Yeah, yeah, it's a great opportunity. And a learning ability working with you on that. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it works out well. Sometimes, you know, you you take a bit of a hit. But yes, and that is real true. life. So I mean, it's that is real life. And as long as you're making money nine times out of 10, don't dwell on the fact that that one deal didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Celebrate the fact that, you know, 90% of the time you're crushing it. Exactly. Right. And there's always going to be a bad one. You have to learn. That's right. How do you learn? And, and for me, if people just say, Carmen, you have to do it this way, this way. No, I have to learn it myself. I yes. have to get out there. I have to feel the pain. And then I'm really going to learn it. Not if someone just says you have to do it this way. The real life is different. You got to be able to yeah. get a C and a D once in a while so that you know how to get an A plus. Right. 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 So. Scratch off the dirt. Yeah. Scratch back off up, the dirt. Do it. Exactly. So how did you pick your different locations for your show? So part of it was to do with, um, so we work with two broadcasters. I work with uh, Scripps Network in the United States and they own HGTV, sort of the parent company. They're my lead broadcaster. So they wanted half of the episodes in the US, which I was happy to do because they pay more money, right? Mm -hmm. And my other broadcaster is HGTV Canada, which is Chorus. And yes. I said, you know, I'm Canadian. I want to film as many as I can in Canada. And so we were able to do half in each country. And, you know, for me, Ontario was easy because I know the market well. I wanted to get out of the core because of some of the changes that were coming. I had a feeling there was going to be, you know, as soon as the government comes in and says, we're going to put in a whole bunch of uh, policies and taxes and mm -hmm. make it difficult. I was like, okie dokie, I'll be moving over here and here and here. So we started mm -hmm. filming in St. Catharines and Hamilton and yeah. Aurelia and yeah. Bowmanville and Prince Edward County. Like I'm, And these I'm are all in Ontario. Yeah, these were all in Ontario. And then we had to go across the border. And I started to look at Buffalo randomly. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, it's close. And I don't know a lot about Buffalo. But I had a lot of people applying for the show from Detroit and Buffalo. And I was looking at the deals. I was like, this, is, this seems like it could be seriously lucrative. So I spent a day in Buffalo. I hear Buffalo and I think, oh, no. Well, but most of the people that think that just know from driving through the outskirts, right? And I'm going to tell you right now that Buffalo is underestimated and it is like it is the underdog making a huge comeback. Buffalo is actually hmm. not only is real estate turning, but there's just a lot of humbled, excellent people there. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Buffalo has been put through the ringer a little bit over the years. There's been obviously some financial issues. Um, 
And that has really kind of grounded the, the folks there. And they, they were so eager to do a good job and be part of the process. And um, we met some of the greatest people ever working in Buffalo. And I found deals there that I have never seen in my life. You know, we wow. bought a house for $25,000 It 2,400 square feet, beautiful Victorian, two and a half, two and a half stories with, you know, this is a house that in Parkdale would be a million and a half, bought it for $25,000. We put about $70,000 into it and sold it for 220 grand. Buffalo ended up being a home run. Now, speaking of the partner thing, yes, you set everything up as a joint venture Correct. with your partners. Correct. So how does that structure work? And maybe tell the viewers what you think should be done in that and how important it is for the for the structure of that. Well, I think that, you know, the overall theme that people should take away from this is that if you in on your own are not capable of investing in real estate, you should be looking for someone who has the compatible resources that you're missing. Someone right. who might have the income or the credit or the down payment, mm -hmm. right? Someone who's got that compatibility and then doing a joint venture partner agreement is a very, can be a very simple legal document, just stating, uh, the roles and the financial splits of the partners. Right. Now, this is something that if you invest with your brother-in-law, do a joint venture partnership. Yes. If you invest with a parent, do a joint venture partnership. If you invest with a complete stranger, do a joint venture partnership. It's just a smart thing to do. Um, the ones that we did for the show were slightly more complicated because yes. we have the show going with it. Right. But it was it it, it had simplicity. Simplicity. I mean, we basically were in for fifty percent uh, win or lose on everything, and. Uh, because of the way we were structured, I basically put money in trust to match the uh, the amount that I was investing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, once all expenses were covered, right. we split the profits. So, you know, if they if they had bought a hundred thousand dollar house in Buffalo and I came in, put a hundred thousand dollars into the renovation and we sold it for three hundred thousand dollars. Well, we pay off their one hundred in. We pay off my one hundred in. We pay off any other expenses like all the running uh, mm -hmm. expenses, any interest taxes, insurance. And then we split the profits. So um, it fairly simple. JV agreement. I mean, I know they can get pretty complicated, yes. but, um, you know, I always tell people, listen, if you want to invest in real estate, one of the biggest secrets to growing quickly is by partnering with somebody. People don't know no, normally yeah. they're always like, what's the best way to grow? I'm like, find somebody who is on board with real estate investing yeah. and partner with them because one plus one equals three in real estate. Yes, I find that people who invest by themselves, they might be like, oh, I got this nice one property five years ago. I'm so happy. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, over here, it's like, yeah, my brother and I decided to invest in, in real estate. We've got these 16 properties and we want to buy more. Yes, so it's that it's that power of, of but you also have to you. have someone that you can trust someone that is a good working relationship yes you know you know i've had some joint venture partners in my lifetime and they all haven't been great so you have to be very selective on who you choose yes type of real estate what are the what do they bring to the table yes is it equitable you know, it, those types of things it can get complicated one mm -hmm. something i always tell people before they get in a joint venture partner agreement i said okay if you guys are going to get in a partnership together remember this you're always going to do most of the work and you're always going to do most of the work. So be okay with that. Because in both of your minds, you're going to be more valuable than your partner. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just be okay with that. Okay. Because That's it's true. Way of thinking yeah. it is. Like yeah. I got to get into it thinking, you know what? I'm happy today. And obviously there's a reason for us to do this together, but I know that it's okay that I'm maybe going to be the one who works harder because chances are both of you are going to be thinking that. Yeah. So for those that are looking to get started investing, um, so what do you think are the top things to evaluate when you're looking to get into a new market? Like for Buffalo, for instance, what kind of things did you, did you consider? I'm always investing in new markets. I invest in multiple states and multiple provinces, two different countries. You see things and everybody's always like, where's the best place to invest? And I'm like, it's wherever the numbers are producing, right? right? Don't, don't discriminate against a small town or a big town or this country or that country. Look at the math. And, um, I think, it, you know, if people are looking for that secret, uh, that that one tip that kind of is the the key to being successful in real estate. Yes, of course, location matters and 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 all that. But the thing that matters the most is understanding how to purchase properties. You need to be able to make your money on the purchase. Mm-hmm. People think you make money on the back end in real estate, but the truth is, you make a lot of your money on the front end. And understanding how to find and create the best deals is where your most lucrative opportunities are going to be. And the chances are that there's somebody making a ton of money within five minutes of your home. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about finding, you know, some town that's a million miles away or, yeah. or ever you have to be in the big city or you have to be out in the country. Phony baloney. The best opportunities are right under your nose. There's already somebody making backyard. a ton of money yeah. right around the corner from you. Yeah. And the benefit of that is also, you know, what's happening there. You know, going into a new territory, there's there's a lot of homework you have to do. You have to know what's going on. And you have managing. to have a team there as yes. well that you can trust, right? Yeah. That's, uh, that's huge. That's a great point. Well, thanks so much. That's great. I think our 30 minutes are up. Is that it? I thought we had an hour. <laughs> well, we can talk for another hour if you like. <laughs> We'd love to have you. Absolutely. <laughs> 30 minutes are up. Go create wealth. Any and all of the opinions expressed by guests on this program were theirs alone and did not necessarily reflect those of the network, the producers, or the host. Please consult a professional advisor before making any investment decisions.